right, all right. Thanks for joining, joining Samuel. Thanks for joining. This, this is a long time coming. I'm, Pleasure, I'm glad you joined. <laughs> I'm glad you joined. Uh, cool. We're gonna jump right into it. We're gonna jump right into it. Give us the background of yourself. You know what you do. Your uh, your company. Uh, give us the whole background spiel. Sweet. Yeah. Sure. Um, so my name is Samuel. I'm based in the UK. Um, I own two e-commerce stores. Um, I also create stores for people as well. Um, I've always been entrepreneurial. Um, since I was in secondary school, I've always been interested in maths and sciences. And then during uni, um, every, obviously there was that entrepreneurial boom and everyone was like, you know, so interested in starting their own business and being able to earn money passively. Um, and then I kind of like picked up the book for our work week. And during uni, I was just like, yeah, all right, I want to switch from engineering towards business. Um, and that's when the ball really started ticking. So my first venture was setting up events. It was IQ, um, Infinite Quest, that's what it was called. And it was really about getting um, students, young professionals, and business owners down to an event to kind of talk about, you know, how to start a business and how to launch and that kind of stuff. And while I was at uni, this really made a big name for myself, my business partner on campus. Um, and we learned a ton load of information and recommendations about, you know, how to kind of get started. And this led me down my first track. The only issue is that obviously doing events, um, it doesn't really make that much money. Or at that point in time, I didn't really know how to monetize events properly. So um, after doing about five events, and this kind of led me to understand the nature of business about how to sell, you know, products and services off the back of events. Um, and then my journey from that was I kind of had to take a step back and think to myself, you know, what are the skills that I'm lacking in business and how can I build upon that? So I ended up going into marketing um, and sales, learning a bit more tools and trades in that kind of area. And then 2020, when we had the whole pandemic kind of situation, I was very eager prior to that to want to start a clothing company. And that was at like the perfect time where I started learning about Shopify, learning about e-commerce, and really took my first business online, which was a supplement business at that point in time. And that's what really just like showed me what was possible. Um, again, at that point in time, during the pandemic, a lot of people were shopping online. So my after like a month, I'd made like a thousand pounds in profit I then reinvested all of that. Um, and then within like two, three months, I then made like 10K in sales and revenue. Um, and then I was like, okay, mm -hmm. like I really understand Facebook ads, stuff like that. And then a friend reached out to me um, who owned a clothing brand and had been seeing the progress that I'd been making and was wanting some help. So he ended up um, kind of like asking me if I would want to be a owner in the business. Back then it was called Eaton Apparel. Now it's called Automanger. And then um, I was like, yeah, sure. Yeah. You know, again, I had the kind of like the forte and the marketing aspect. And he had the um, the operational side of the clothing and fabrics and sort of thing. And so we put them together. And again, it went really well. Um, at that point in time, like I said, you know, even though it was in fashion, which is quite a hard um, industry to kind of like go into, we had very significant USPs. So some of our USPs was um, we would feed people for every item that we sold. Um, it was sustainable and ethical. And we just had a really great mm. fan base at that point in time. One issue, though, um, coming out of 2020 and kind of like into 2021 
was um, that we got hit with a massive lawsuit by a billion dollar company, um, we've had, which had a similar name to us. So we ended up having to like rebrand ourselves, hence the name nowadays. Um, and so the, the one of the key lessons I learned from that kind of experience was about just trademarking, protecting your brand and making sure you do your due diligence up front. Um, but yeah, but up to now, again, like I said, running that as well as looking at other entrepreneurial ventures. So hope that kind of summarizes. Interesting. You've, yes, you've, you've, you have plenty of stories, I'm sure. And this is great. This is great that we're talking to you, especially on wins, losses and discoveries, because you've, you've been through the gamut of things. I, I have a myriad of questions now. I'm curious about that. The first one I'm going to ask, which I think will be very beneficial is. You pretty much bootstrapped the education piece to learn about what was necessary in e-commerce and using Shopify and the marketing side, and especially the marketing side, which is one of the more challenging areas. What did you do to obtain the knowledge in that area? Yeah. So, again, I think, you know, when you enter into entrepreneurship, if you've got like a passion and drive for it and like a curiosity, you've got to give yourself like an overload, like a moment where you just absorb as much as you can, you know, and then obviously mm -hmm. as you kind of mature, you kind of like get more refined. So at the early stage, like during uni, when I got really obsessed about business, I was probably reading about a hundred to 200 books in a year. Um, and that was like across several different like boards. Um, and mm. I ended up like, mm. recommending books to people because for me, that was one of the quickest ways of shortcutting the learning curve. So again, four hour work week, um, was one of them, um, learn about money, whether that was from like Tony Robbins, whether that was from like, you know, just an array of different people. Um, so that was one aspect. Another aspect was Russell Brunson. He was a great marketer. He still is a great marketer. Um, and he really taught me so much about funnels. Um, he's got like a whole academy and an ed educational platform, which is free online as well. Um, that I just like absorbed. Then there's also YouTube as well. So again, he has loads of content on YouTube where he practically shows people how he creates funnels for people. And he talks about, you know, the different persuasive um, avenues and the uh, kind of like the colors and the kind of buttons and all these kind of things that you can do online mm. with, with split testing to really kind of like test uh, what converts better. So all of that got me very excited about, you know, all the nuance that you can do online uh, to trigger a response and to also, to also follow up with people to get that sale. Um, additionally, I also, just after uni, um, entered a call center to get to work on my, my own sales, persuasion, speaking mm. over the phone, you know, accepting rejections, knowing how to keep going after people five, seven times yes. to, get, to get finally that sale as well. And then, and these are, these are things that, you know, at the, at the initial stage of where I was at, I was quite, you know, hesitant because no one really likes uh, being rejected. But the more times you get kind of like into that routine um, and, th and then when you finally get a sale or you finally get a win, you start to realize that these are actually the key components for business and you can't avoid it. And you have to actually like welcome it. And that was, that's a tough pill to kind of like swallow. But the moment I started doing that is the moment I started realizing that, okay, like there's actually, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a skill in this and there's a, there's a reward in having this kind of tenacity, you know? And this is a tenacity that I also carried into business as well, because in business, you're going to get many stages where like you kind of lose. Like I remember spending 500 pounds on ads 
and not getting any sales. And I was just like, oh, like, this is like sort of soul crushing, you know, like that 500 pounds I could have spent elsewhere, you know. But then my mentor at that point in time told me, oh, you just got to keep going because the first stage is the awareness. The customer is starting to like, you know, find out a bit, bit about you. And it's not until they see you three, four, five times that they might actually sell. And again, three months into my the clothing when I was helping Kevin, my partner, out, uh, three months into it, that's only when we started to get some sales. And I was like, oh, I see it now. And you start to see how it connects. Like you've got to put all that work, all that work, all that work to then get that result from it. You know, And you can't stop the machine. You've got to keep applying that pressure. And that's why... Business sometimes can be quite ferocious, you know, because it's, it's highly demanding of your yeah. finances. It's highly demanding of your attention. You've got to, like, you know, keep marketing. You've got to be that superior person in your head and understand that you've got to drive your team. You've got to drive, you know, um, and people, eyeballs to your website. And it can be taxing on an individual, especially when you're doing it by yourself. Um, so there was a lot of stages, especially with the clothing avenue, that I kind of learned that, like, you know, we, we wouldn't get wins straight away. Um, but I knew from my supplement business that consistency does pay off. So, yeah. Mm. Mm. And that's, that's a good point because you mentioned that you did that education. You wouldn't go search for that education. And that's that's great because I I realized that, you know, we a lot of people try to do that. And sometimes, you know, they do it for a little bit, but they don't put down a commitment and time that it takes to really absorb that knowledge. And you were reading, you know, a minimum a hundred books a year trying to get that knowledge. And it, that's one thing, honestly, I've, I've always, you know, talked to people and some people for years, there's, there are small variants of the types of issues that we deal with, but for the most part, and this could relate to not even, you know, not only just business, but you know, any part of your life where, these aren't necessarily new problems, right? They have small variants, but these aren't new issues. And if you're willing to go read the, uh, you know, some case studies or stories about people who've already dealt with similar variant of that particular issue, you know, those are potential pitfalls and traps that you don't have to, you know, fall in again, right? Like, you know, the person before you already mm -hmm. fell through that same pitfalls, you know, why not look at the, the case study to see, okay, I can walk to the left around this pitfall versus doing the same mistake that yeah. someone else has. And I, I yeah. think that that's a great uh, perspective to look at. The educational piece is extremely, extremely important. Yeah. I mm. think there's okay. um, there's the two points there is um, I realized also just after uni how important it was to model success. Like you've got to know what you want to achieve. And then you got to like mm -hmm. try and find people who've already done that and then kind of like trace back their steps, what they did. And that could be your path yes. per se to achieving the goal that yes. you want. You know, one of the videos, motivation videos I listen to each and every day is actually after Arnold Schwarzenegger's, um, sorry, not Arnold Schwarzenegger, Arnold. Yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger, um, who's obviously, you know, he, yeah. he was originally a Mr. Olympia. He then ended up becoming into, you know, movies, um, as a Terminator, he then ended up coming into a governor. Yeah. And he, what yeah. his secret was that he always looked at people before him and used their roadmaps. Um, and again, when it yes. came to the educational piece, that's that's what I did as well. Um, because after the books, I realized I then also had a ceiling. Like I had to actually get, you know, under someone and learn from them as well, which is why when I was applying for this marketing role, 
I actually found one of the speakers that we actually had at our event and I actually asked him like, would it be possible to work for you and your marketing firm just to learn these skill sets? And obviously he recognized entrepreneurship within myself and actually gave me a shot, you know, um, and through that, working with him for about nine months, I was able to learn the key skill sets, especially in marketing and also in sales, um, to get me to where I needed to be when I then started launching my supplement companies and then obviously into the apparel industry as well. So it's like that that modeling success is so crucial, like knowing, having clarity on what it is that you want to learn or achieve um, and then finding people mm. who have that and then tracking that backwards and then following those steps as well you can really cut that learning curve. Mm. That apprenticeship, uh, apprenticeship, essentially, finding someone that is similar in the area, that, that works out a lot. Okay. And so I, I'm going to do a, 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 a pivot here because, uh, you know, the, the name of the game here is wins, losses, and discoveries. And and I'm sure uh, – mm. and let me know if you're able to discuss this. Uh, how how was the whole ordeal with the large company that came after you guys for the lawsuit? How, how was that for you? Yeah, so that happened August last year. Um, and that was that was very much so crushing. So at that point in time, um, with Eton, we had had a really great Black Friday previously that year, mm-hmm. um, and then in May we had done a great photo shoot. Like a, we had a dedicated day photo shoot where we had loads of like influencers come down to take pictures with yeah. the Eton apparel clothing, um, and we invested like you know quite heavy in like e-commerce shots as well and all this kind of stuff. And so we were we were in a very excited stage because, like I said, we had a great Black Friday, you know, crossing mm-hmm. to the year. We're doing great for the year. We're now excited for where the future of Etan is going, and we invest all this money into the day. And after uh, May, we were now using some of the content um, for our Instagram and for our Facebook and all this kind of, and even for like our store. And then comes August, and we get this lawsuit, and we realize like. This is something that, you know, we have to cease and assist effectively. And we try and challenge it because, you know, we're called ETAN and they're called ETAM. And that was the main issue that they had. You know, they were a mm. female lingerie company based in France. We, we were based in the UK. So we thought, you know, we had a pretty mm. much leg to stand on. Like, yes, we're in the power industry, but we're quite different. Their lingerie were, you know, fashion kind of oriented. But nevertheless, they were very adamant. And so we got a couple of lawyers involved to see if we had a case forward. I ended up being the case where it was going to cost us quite a lot to even battle this. Let on, we had very slim chances of winning as well because they had their name trademarked. We hadn't had ours yet at that stage in time. So for like two months after August, my mind was very much just like very dismayed by it. So we were trying to fight it. And obviously we were still like anxious of where E10 was at that point in time. So... To cut the long story short, come December, we really had to like just decide to pivot. And we now had to go through this a bit of a long ordeal with now selecting the name and trademarking it and all this kind of stuff. So it was very much like a, a loss in that stage. I remember get going into 2022, January, and like, you know, yeah. accepting the loss, um, accepting all that work that we had done was pretty much down the drain. But realizing that like this is the kind of thing that happens in business. You gotta dust yourself off. You gotta, you know, realize okay, where you are, where you are at. Which is, you know, to be fair, we had success. Like we, we were an online store. You know, not many people even get to that stage. You know, we have a, we have an audience. So it's like, okay, 
let's real let's realize the assets that we do have and let's just think about you know we're looking to build long term not short term so this is just a learning curve mm-hmm. in disguise mm you that that was a large lesson because now because you've went through you know that small time period of a loss you're going to be able to operate at, at, at such a higher level now because of that loss and the interesting piece is that you know that company that came after you guys initially i'm sure even during that situation you guys probably learned things even during that right you know right let's say for example you know you guys i'm not sure if they were a larger company than you guys or not but i'm sure they're maneuvering you know a certain way and if uh if the shoe is on the other foot you might have executed with the same hand right and so at that in that in that player situation i'm sure there was probably a lot of lessons even through those legal proceedings and and things of you know how to fortify your business past the operation and marketing piece that it honestly doesn't get talked about a lot because the other the first phase is so difficult right even standing the business up mm. getting to a point where you're prof- profitable getting to the point where you know yeah. uh your your business is making good money that you forget about fortification being able to fortify the the business yeah. from you know uh potential potential assaults and sometimes you know you yeah. got to yeah, unless you have the counsel ahead of time, the apprenticeships ahead of time to kind of guide you and and talk to you before that happens, I you know I, I think you're not alone. Most likely in terms of when it happens, you're already in it too deep. Hundred percent. I think you know um, you become hyper vigilant um, and almost to an extent um, uh, a level of paranoia um, in a healthy way to make sure that like going forwards, you're always on the offense. Um, I think that was one mm. key thing that we kind of learned from this whole encounter with this billion dollar company was obviously they must have recognized some success that we were having and they decided to, you know, act quite quickly, you know, to protect their yeah. brand, to protect, you know, their image um, and, and, and not have someone, you know, maybe potentially being confused online with their brand um, and, and taking some of their revenue. So yeah, had it been shown the other foot, we may have acted the same. Um, but, um, yeah. but yeah, it's a learning curve. And it's it's one that I think as a business owner, you start to appreciate, understand just how important it is that when you've created something, you've got to think about how can you constantly look to protect it um, on, a, mm. on an online basis, on a footprint, you know, online footprint basis, as well that be trademarked. Um, always constantly seeing, you know, there, if there are any upcoming um, companies similarly, how can you constantly, you know, be in front um so yeah it does it does teach you that definitely mm. okay okay and then what i'm curious about as well is what what is the what is something that you thought would be a bit easier than it actually was mm. something you know you underestimated in a sense what is what is that thing yeah, I think, you know, I think as business owners, one of the things that we think will be easier is like, you know, once we have the store ready, once we have, you know, the yeah. video and the images, but like the sales would be easy. You know, we think the like, yeah. you know, now it's like, <laughs> done everything that we need to do. Now the money is going to start rolling in. Um, but um, yeah, especially with fashion companies, like you just think the like, and this is why it's such a tough market because there's so many alternatives out there, you know? And so we yes. thought, or I thought again, you know, 
I help Kevin, you know, with like doing the website, doing the marketing, all this kind of stuff. But like now that we're already, it can be a rinse and repeat, but no, it's not like that. I mean, comparatively to my supplement brand, it was a bit like that because, you know, it's something that it, it can be very static and you can create different creators for it. And that will be okay. But mm-hmm. fashion, you've got to really engage the customer. You've got to really paint a story. You've got to really, you know, just keep that nuance about it. So that was one thing that I thought, yeah. you know, it would be easy, but it wasn't. Hmm. Yeah. Mm, that's a good, okay. And so creating that story was, was one of the, was the large important pieces. It, it's That's actually a good point because the assumption is if I build it, they'll come. And that's not, that's, I, that's mm. never the case. Actually, it's never the case. If they build, if, if I build, yeah. it, they'll come. It's never, it's never, it's never the case. All right, Aaron. Hmm. Yeah. It's, okay. it, it's, okay. it's the whole so that, idea that, of like you know, like you put so much work into the store. You know, you think if it looks like you know uh, Armani, you know the whole website is just all bells and whistles. You've done all <laughs> the out of the apps, everything. You know, you think the like. Yeah. This this store is now functioning, like, and you get people to the store. You now think, well, it should just convert, but no. There's a whole another stage of that business yes. uh, where it comes to really yes. engaging the customer to then draw them to then want to purchase. Creating that story is important because you, you know, saying I'm I'm a huge car guy, right? And and I use car analogies mm-hmm. all the time. It's 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 weird and it's crazy, right? <laughs> and so you know, if you look at if you look at the difference between like, for example, maybe a Toyota and a, a BMW or Mercedes, right? And you look at their marketing perspective, their marketing perspective is very different. They're both functional in what they mm-hmm. need and, and what you need them to do, which is get you from point A to point B. But because of the, you know, maybe the, the cost to produce on the luxury side, right? They have to now sell you more than function because Functionally, there's not too much difference between the Toyota and the BMW, but more times than not, the BMW is three to four times the cost of one Toyota, right? And and I look at their marketing because I follow them on social media. I, I I love their marketing. They create great stories. They find people. They create stories to say, hey, you know, to get you to imagine yourself in one of their vehicles, pretty much. Uh, and I think that's not done enough on on. Um, in, in the e- on any e-commerce side and a lot of different product industries, I've noticed the ones that are doing really well, they create such a good story. And this makes a great yeah. segue. So I'm going to pivot to that segue. You guys created a story, um, you know, and intentionally having a very good thing, you know, in terms of um, uh, feeding people who are, uh, or, or who are less fortunate and, and helping them out. What made you guys decide to lean into that story and connect that to your e-commerce mission? Yeah, I think, especially in the world that we now live in, um, you know, you can buy clothing anywhere. Um, and so to really differentiate yourself, um, the, the story around feeding people was actually very close to Kevin's heart. Um, he, he's British, mm. but his family's from India and he often travels back to India and there, you know, food is like food is so scarce in certain in certain um, places there. Um, and mm-hmm. one thing that really touches his heart is when he's able to just realize, like, you know, Kevin never has to worry about feeding himself. You know, like right. all he knows, 
he's never ever going to experience that. But for people in India, um, they relish just like you know him just being able to provide a meal for a month for him, and which is like you know sometimes it could be yeah. as low as like ten pounds. Um, and so you were like, you know, Kevin's always been in textiles, and so he was like, he wanted to combine this aspect. How can he do it so that we could feed people as well as um, supply people in the UK or around the world with clothing? And this just ended up being a great USP. On top of that, again, you know, aligned to the whole fact that we're feeding people, we also wanted to we also wanted to ensure that it was ethical um, in terms of how the clothing was produced and stuff like that. And this is a strong buying point for a lot of people who want to buy fashion or clothing is that they're now being more conscious of their environment, more conscious of, you know, of labor. And, uh, mm-hmm. and this ties very well into the story as well. So, yeah. Okay. And and for the, for the, uh, the potential new and, you know, just starting e-commerce owners and business owners, uh, you use the abbreviation USP. Explain to them what, what is USP. Yeah, so USB is a unique selling point, um, and this is this is such a crucial thing to have in order to differentiate yourself from other competitors or even other companies. And this would be actually a strong thing that sticks in people's minds whenever they think of your brand or your company. Um, so you always want to think of you know having at least one, if not two, um, USBs so that can be something that sticks in your mm. customer's mind. This is also something that plays okay. into the story that you tell them or the marketing that you tell them. And like you mentioned, you know, Mercedes, yes. uh, you know, all these big brands, they tell great stories in a very subtle way. And this is also something that sticks in people's minds as well. You know, so being able to tell the yes. same messaging over that, and over yes. is a great way to uh, solidify your brand. That consistency. I'm glad you mentioned that. Doing that over and over, that consistency, because sometimes if you're a business owner, it can be grueling. You might be up some days, 10, 10 hours out of the week. I mean, 10 hours a day, you know, uh, and your efforts have to be consistent. I've seen it quite often where you might go strong in marketing for a month. and the 11, 11 months, you're exhausted, but you got to push through it, right? Because in that time, there's probably other people already who are kind of, you know, uh, fighting for that attention. Uh, and, and your brand is essentially getting lost in the sauce in that particular area. So that, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that, that consistency while also creating that story. Um, yeah, it, that's, that's interesting because those brands like BMW and Sadie, they've done a good job at that. And they've, been, they've done a good job at the consistency for so long that you start, you equate that to success. Oh, I, because of this story that they've told us for years, you know, they, they've told us this story for for, for years, it's been a long time. Mercedes and BMW have been around a long time. And and I hear it so often, you equate the fact, well, if I have a BMW or Mercedes, that means I made it. So that means you you have connected that story <laughs> to a sense of validation that I have made it mm. when I purchased this other company's product. It's magical. That's yeah. the most, it's one of yeah. the most magical pieces of marketing that I, I ever experienced. A hundred percent. I think, you know, to, to be able to market enough to have your brand now personified with an identity, that's when you really like solidified your brand. Yes. Um, and it, and it's, it's something that, like you said, you know, it's it's something that doesn't happen overnight. It's, it's one of those like oven cooked meals, you know, those like long sustained oven cooked meals, not not, (laughs) not a microwave meal. Like you gotta like, really like understand this is longevity. 
you shoot it for. So even myself, when I tell like business owners, I tell them like, if you're really looking to like, you know, create this business, you've got to think of it like a child and any child, you know, you're really parenting them for like 18 years. And obviously the business, you know, might be yeah. shorter, but nevertheless, you want to look beyond a year. You want to look beyond five years and you want to think about it. Okay, how can I keep on like reinforcing and reinvesting and, and keep on nurturing this business? And that's when it's going to, going to pay you the dividends. You know, when you've had that long period of time, that, that oven cooked period of time, you know? Yeah. 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 Wow. Yeah. That's a good point. Okay. All right. Um, so if you could, if you could leave the audience with two things, right? If you could give them two tips that you feel would help them feel like they're skipping the line in a sense, what would the, what would that be? So two things, again, going back to the point I made at the start of the video is find somebody who is achieved what it is that you want to achieve. And again, this could be multiple people. Find them, reach out to them, ask them if you can either like, you know, work with them or work for them or work under them um, because that mm -hmm. will be one of the ways of quickly cutting that learning curve. There is, there is no other. Mm. This is why mentors are so important. Even myself, I still have mentors to this day because I realized and I realized that again, a book only took me to a certain level. Having a mentor really then mm. added those experiences onto me, gave me that foresight. You know, so that's one thing there. Um, another thing would be, you know, really start to get um, fascinated and interested in the numbers game. You know, again, this this is yeah. something that. You know, you take it even into your personal life, into your personal finances, that really being on top of your numbers does so much for your business. Um, so yes, whether that's, you know, tracking your inventory, whether that's tracking your overheads and, you know, what's, what's doable. Because I know for a lot of business owners, you know, you might have a limited amount of, like, cash, you know, and obviously they've got their own life and their own, like, families to look after. You want to really, like, yeah. have a set amount that you designate towards your business. And it could be, you know, a hundred, 500 pounds a month or whatever. But again, that's, that's the money that you're working with. And each money you're constantly piling that in. You don't want to ever kind of go below that. You want to have reliability for what your business can constantly be fed on. Um, so that again, you factor mm -hmm. that longevity into it. If you know, for example, you know, you, you only have uh, 200 to work with, then again, you do that, but you know, that's 200 that you can sustain for, 11, 12 months, maybe even two years. Mm. And that would then help your Good business point. grow. But if it's the only, if it's the case where you have like three grand and you invest that for like, you know, three months and then your business is still nowhere. Well, of course your business is just going to tank, you know, because again, it needs that consistency, that, that time frame for your audience to know you, like you, trust you to then buy you, to then refer mm. you. Um, and so yeah. being on top of your numbers, knowing what you can work within, that would definitely help any business owner out there. Just be able to have that consistency, as we said, to reinforce your brand, to get it to be strong and, and last the testament of time. Yeah, and, and that, that's a long game. That that customer acquisition process sometimes is a long game. And for some brands, it's longer than others, uh, especially if the price tag is a bit larger and, you know, compared it up to the time that you've been telling your story, uh, sometimes that customer acquisition process can be longer. So, okay. All right. And so yeah. if, if you could, if this, is there anything that you want to let the audience know before we depart? 
Yeah. So if there was if there was one thing I could do um, to go back, um, it would definitely be to understand this point. Yeah. So not all businesses and industries are the same, right? So really understanding like what your outcome is. Like if your goal is to, mm. you know, to one aspect is make more money, but also be passionate about it, what it is that you're doing. Really assess the market beforehand. Like for example, like clothing, the fashion industry is a very tough industry. So unless you're passionate about it, yeah. really passionate about it, it's probably not worth your while putting so much time and effort into it. You know, you might want to look at, for example, um, you know, products, um, products that, that mm. people use on a monthly cycle um, and, and something that, you know, is, is more packaging. So delivery cost is also cheaper as well. Um, and, and understanding that nature about business is so crucial that I wish I also had younger because it would also make me look at the landscape slightly differently uh, because there is mm. it's just different parameters. It's not just, um, yeah, so pricing also is going to be different mm. for different for different products. So, yeah. Okay. All right. And um, I, I need everyone to, to, to check out your brand. So is there is there anything that you want, uh, you know, them to go visit or promote? I'll make sure I, I put any, any links 100%. in the bio. 100%. So okay. like I said, we rebrand right. to Automanger. That's French for have you eaten. And so that's okay. automanger.com. Um, and as well as that, again, you know, feel free to check me out on my Instagram handle as well, Samuel Lillaboy. I'm sure Ricky put that in the bio. Uh, if you have any questions, I'd be more than happy to answer them uh, because we know what it's like. You know, again, you know, we all have wins. We all have losses. It's all about discovering those lessons in between. So, yeah, excited. All right. All right. Sounds good. I'm so happy you joined me, Samuel. We we, we, we talk so often, so it's great. Pleasure, Ricky. You know share share with others in this one so this is great i'm glad you joined 100 percent. likewise